I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Babe. 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 I'm Laura. And I'm Ryan. And this is Babe. Babe. Okay, hi. hi. Okay, we did we this. We did this, and Ryan... My mic was off trolled, for like 20 minutes. Yeah, did not have his mic on for the first three <laughs> minutes of recording. So, Here hi again. Hi Here again. we go. We're, We're doing a special is- reader mail episode of Babe, because Lara's in Oklahoma, and we can't record when we're separated, because our magic doesn't quite work yeah. when we're apart. It's IRL or nothing. Or nothing. So... We're doing a reader mail episode. We get like tons and tons of emails. We have like almost 500 and we only get to a very small percentage of those on the pod. So right. we figured what better way to utilize our time. We don't want to just ghost you for a week with no episode. Mm-hmm. We need to give you the laws you deserve, but this is what we're going to do. So it's just reader mail today, Okay, but it'll be chill. I love it. All right, I so love we're it. So go let's start the first one. Okay. with the first one. And the Wh- subject line is, where have all the law boys gone? Right. And on on the episode that you'll never hear because my ink wasn't on, I was saying the correct pronunciation of Lawler, like like how you spell it out. This person spells it out like LOL caps, which is not... Like you would read it like, where have all the LOL boys gone, which doesn't quite work. It's where have all the law boys gone. And then you need, dear Lara and Ryan, <laughs> <laughs> long time reader, first time writer. I've actually been a follower of Ryan since the early days of Thought Catalog. I felt compelled to call in after the Freckle episode when Laura mentioned how at her best, she's a lawyer through and through, and at her worst, withdrawn and resentful. This echoes my own personal journey that I've been struggling with for the last year or two. All my life, I've been an extremely social beacon of love and light, and have always been able to pull a law out of thin air. I've never had a problem with anxiety or depression, and even though I've had the occasional funk here or there, I've without fail managed to pull myself out of it with some self-love and personal time. This bout, however, has been going on for so long, and none of my usual tricks seem to be working. In most social settings lately, I show up and I'm withdrawn, visibly uncomfortable, and usually make no sense when I actually do pimp pipe up. Then I go home and beat myself up, and now I can't get myself together, which leads to more anxiety slash depression. I finally decided to contact my doctor about seeking mental health help, which I'm both excited about and nervous. I listened to this podcast with my boyfriend, and it's truly been a godsend in this dark time, especially hearing about Malara's mental health journey. It gives me hope that I will one day be able to sit at the law table. Do either of you have any routines that help pull you out of a dark place? Any additional tips would be greatly appreciated love and light fallen lawler so we've talked about this a lot in the last episode yeah but i really relate to this like truly 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 because i even though in my 20s i was like weirdly addicted to drugs and kind of miserable i like wasn't really aware of it and Mm -hmm. i like was pretty stable i guess but i think looking back at it now i think i was just like repressed and not dealing with any of my stuff yeah and this last year i you know i had my anxiety episode that happened in July and lasted for three months and I had anxiety. What? This anxiety episode, like the, the amount of time that it lasts it's is ever months. changing. No, it's always been three months on the last episode. You said it was two months. No, I said three, I said three months. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
it makes me, I, I get very triggered when you question my anxiety episode because it makes me feel like people don't take it seriously. And I was extremely depressed, like no, extremely, extremely depressed. So you have to honor that and not think of it as like a drama thing. Cause it's like very upsetting to me. Okay. I take it seriously, but I swear to God, you said two months the last No, it's a three. Okay. Yeah. Cause my birthday was like, it happened on the 4th of July, which is when I had the whole anxiety attack. Mm-hmm. And um, my birthday was September 2nd, two months later. And I wasn't over it until the end of September. Okay. Yeah. Um, I So when I, when I moved from New York to LA, I had an anxiety attack. And it triggered an anxiety episode that lasted for a month. And by anxiety episode, I mean that I just... It's like, it literally feels like my brain just runs at a different frequency. It feels like something just like went to my brain and turned the switch on. And I just become like weirdly, like just depressed, anxious, crazy, like whatever. And it's, I don't eat, like I have a hard time sleeping. It's very weird. The point is, is that I never dealt with this stuff before. I feel like my moods were always pretty stable. Mm -hmm. And in the last year or two, I've just really been going through it in a way that I never have before. And it's been really scary because I'm just like, I don't understand. Like usually if I was sad, there were, there was a concrete reason and it was always circumstantial. But like lately I've just kind of been getting into blue periods for no real reason. And then I always get out of it. And what I will say is that, um, I really relate to the beating yourself up about it because Mm -hmm. when I don't feel good, I feel so mad. I'm so mad at myself for not feeling good for no reason that I just beat myself up and it makes me feel even worse. So therapy has helped tremendously. Um, being kinder to myself has been like so helpful. Um, no negative self-talk, just letting myself feel the feelings and not judge myself for having them in the first place. Um, it actually, I actually really like hearing from this person because a lot of it for me that's been hard is that since I didn't grow up dealing with anxiety or depression and in the last year or two, things have been kind of hard for me for some reason, Mm -hmm. like, it's actually been really weird because everyone I know that struggles with anxiety and depression, it's been kind of an evergreen thing in their life. Like they've experienced it from like a young age or whatever. So to be experiencing it for the first time at 30 or 31 is like really interesting to me. And I don't really know anyone that's like gone through that um, to just really go from feeling one way to feeling another for no real reason. So um I have to say reading this email actually makes me feel better because I know that I'm not alone. No. And that, you know, you can be a happy go lucky person and then kind of go through these spells. Yeah. Um, You're definitely not alone. And like, I mean, I still, I still have that too, like to a lesser degree now that I'm like medicated, but I still go through periods where it's like one day I'll wake up and things just won't be right. Like it doesn't feel like things just don't feel right. And I think that a lot of it is like, for me has been examining, it has a lot to do with any sort of personal patterns that I choose to engage in. And then it's also like, you kind of have to just make a choice to keep going through the motions until you get better. Because my instinct, I think when I start to feel like, any sort of depression or like blues coming on is like, I get really scared first of all. Cause yeah. I'm like, I don't want to go back to some place where the place where I was like a year ago. Like that's like my worst fear. Right. But also I then get, but then it's also like, I have like, I have depression. So then I don't want to engage in my like day to day activities. Right. So it's like, 
I'll stop working out or start eating unhealthy. And then that makes me feel worse. And then it's like, it starts like a cycle of like a downward spiral that if I let it go for long enough, I would eventually get back to that place. Right. And it almost, I think you have to view it not as like a death sentence. I know. You can't let it get, well, he has to go you to therapy. can't let it become bigger than yourself. Yeah. But he has to go to therapy helps a lot. Therapy helps me checked in, be checked in. Like I went to therapy last week and I was like, I've been feeling really blue lately and I don't know why. And then I told him all this stuff that's going on with my family. And he was like, I think you know why. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but there might be a re- I don't know. You'll there- get to the bottom of why, right. but like you can't, you just can't let it get bigger than yourself and yeah. get to be, but also, it's not, you are going to, you can handle anything that happens to you and you have resources and options available to you. And the best thing you can do is like, continue doing your routine but also i really relate to his idea of like being like i used to be this way and now i'm this way because i get so fixed on identity yeah and like who i am as a person and when something happens to me that's i perceive as being out of character it really shocks my foundation and i'm mm-hmm. just like wait i'm not who i thought i was oh my god do i even know myself ah and i feel like that makes it even worse and yeah i would just be like listen like you are still a beacon of love and light and like you're still a dollar and yeah. you're just going through a hard time and like one does not discredit the other yeah you know what i mean and I think it's like as you get older, you get more sensitive to that kind of stuff. And you also are and dealing you know with stuff. You're going to have to deal with a lot of shit in your life. And life is not one just big law. No. It's just not like that. Well, and and I, there are going to be pe- waves of periods that are like harder than others or periods where your laws aren't as like easily accessed. But that's life. Well, I've said this before, probably on this podcast, where it's like, I feel like I spent my 20s like having experiences on, emo- on emotional credit. And now in my 30s, I have to like pay it off. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's sort of real. I feel like in my 20s, I actually was um, going through a lot of stuff, but I was not dealing with any of it. And I feel like now I am. And so that brings its own challenges. But to this person, I would say, I really relate to your journey. Go to therapy. Um, routines... W- help working out always helps me working out always helps me it really does and any sort of like i mean i but also like not getting like this is really hard to like say like but like when i'm feeling down all i'm thinking about is how i'm feeling down so i'll wake up and i'll be like fixate and indulge yourself on that and you tell yourself this false narrative that like this is who you are now yeah and i I like wake up and i'm like how am i feeling i'm not i'm feeling bad oh fuck fuck, but that's why because you just deal with it in a very you deal with your like anxiety in a very very different way than i deal with my like depression and anxiety like i withdraw and like and it's yeah. just, and I like stop participating in activities that I know can help me, but you like fixated on it and like become like convinced that it's who you are. Yeah. And like, it's, I guess for me, that's why, that's why it sometimes it's easy for me to like think about it as you being dramatic rather yeah. than like you dealing with it. Cause I'm like, I know who you are. Like, I yeah. know that that's not you and that it's just I like a hard a period, but you get really stuck in a loop and like, I can't like, get out of it. Like I can see wheel. really easily that it's like, it's fine if you just stop paying attention to it. It'll well, that's go easier away. Said than done. Well, yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah, but it's gonna be okay, babe. Get help, um, therapy. dear Lauren Ryan. 
Love you both so much, avid reader of Babe and listener of Sup. I wanted to write and tell you about a real Babe situation I've gotten myself into. It all started five years ago when I had my first real boyfriend. We dated for about a year and then it all went south when he cheated on me. A few months after we broke up, I started sleeping with his roommate and best friend. I had some unresolved things I was trying to deal with. We hooked up for about six months. This is all still unknown to my cheating ex. And eventually he moved to Nashville to be a musician full time. Both of us ended up dating other people. But two years ago, I realized how special this dude was to me. And we ended up briefly trying to be together long distance, but it didn't work because he was fully unwilling to tell my to tell my ex about us. He started dating someone a year ago, but when he gets drunk or stoned, will call and text me sad messages, then never respond if I get back to him. Now we get to the real babe of the situation. Recently, I decided to go back to school and pursue my own dream of becoming a midwife. One of the best midwifery schools in the country just happens to be in Nashville. I'm moving to Nashville to start, start school this fall, and the only person I know is this guy. Anyway, I can't really change anything right now, but I thought you would enjoy hearing about my babe moment. I just keep telling myself that we all do babe things, and I'll get to a babe place soon enough. Love and light. Oops. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's chic that you're going to be a midwife. The world the world needs more of you. Yeah. And don't fuck with this guy. Oops, I babed again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I hate that he initiates conversation. Like, he still clearly has some sort of, like, attachment to you. Right. He wouldn't be initiating a conversation. But really what he's looking for is validation. Yes, and then power. when you respond, he gets his, like, gas tank is full. Yes. So he feels like he can then disrespect you. Yeah. And I don't like that. Yeah. You need to make him run out of gas. And if he really liked you and wanted to be with you, he would. And he'd tell your ex and it would be NBD. Yeah. But I think it's that it's not that complicated. I know. And it's easy to make things more complicated and like try and figure out what the whole bottom line is. But the bottom line is he's dating someone else and he's kind of a dick. Yeah. But you're going to have a great time in Nashville. I want to go. Yeah. Have you been? No. I've always wanted to go. I've always wanted to go too. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. fuck. I never got to talk about Southern Charm. Oh, well. That's fine. <laughs> You're so- Ryan wanted to talk about Southern Charm on last week's episode, but I'm like, I don't watch that. So when you I, do that, you just have a one-sided conversation. Which I'm okay with. I know you're obviously. okay with it. Okay. Read this fucking email. Um, Hey, Laura and Ryan and guests. Question mark. Nope. Just us today, honey. Just us. I wanted to write to you guys in the past about my own not yet had sex self, but I always thought it wouldn't be interesting. And I guess I still don't think of it. It is, but I want to validate the reader from the last app. I'm also in my late twenties and I've never had sex. I have grown to truly loathe the word virgin because of its implications of naivete, innocence, and ignorance. I'm a smart, funny, worldly woman who just happens to not have experienced the physical act of sex. Uh, but to a lot of people, being a virgin is a whole different animal, especially as I become older. Uh, my hands are shaking writing this because I get so frustrated over the whole fucked up system of horror if you do, prude if you don't, because I feel like I'll never get out of it. I grew up thinking that I'd never had sex before marriage, but like with a lot of things, hello, smoking weed for the first time a few weeks ago, babe, lol. My views on that have changed drastically over the years. My body wants that deep, but my brain is worried about STDs, opening myself up to rejection, and a slew of other normal growing up experiences that I just haven't been through yet. I'm hesitant to even date because I'm worried that this will freak a guy out. I know I don't have to tell a guy that I haven't had sex yet, but I also think that if I'm letting a dick inside of me, I should be able to tell him that and have him be an adult about it. I don't know. 
Anyway, I want to thank Ryan for being so open about how damaging it is to not have sex for a long time. Now I'm getting teary and how it really fucks you up and babes you out mentally. I also want to thank Laura for being real about how terrifying men are. They are. I want the validation from them and I also want them to stay far away forever. Ha ha ha. Oh, wait, no. Sorry. She says hiss. <laughs> I don't feel like I have to wait for my Prince Charming, but I also don't want to just fuck a Marlon Rando. I just want a kind dude, but I see all my friends navigating dating, putting themselves out there, and straight guys just suck so bad time and time again. Do kind guys exist who wouldn't fetishize or demonize a woman who hasn't had sex yet? TBD. Well, that's it. I just want to validate the not um, the other not having sex yet LA babe. P.S. Feel free to never read this on air, but if you do, please keep me on. Uh, P.S. Lars, my mom wanted to name me Laura, but my dad didn't want to because he didn't want to be mistaken for a Laura. So they named me blank. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yes, guys are terrifying and straight men are the worst, but there are some good ones. There, there are some good ones and they're all actually pretty simple. Like at the end of the day, men want to fuck. Yeah. Like that is, but that's what she doesn't want. No, I know. Or she kind of does want it. No, she does want it. But like, once you know that, then that's all you need to know. Right. Like a man will do anything to try and fuck you. And they truly, I don't think care about pretty much anything. I don't. Okay. So ask me this because I've never been a straight guy and I guess you haven't either. But to me, why would a guy give a shit if you're a virgin or or not? Why would he care? He won't. He doesn't. He doesn't care. There, I mean, there, I'm sure are some like douchebag guys out there that would be like, what the fuck? Like, no way, like, no way. Right. But like, you don't want to fuck that guy anyway, or date that guy. So right. that just is like, immediately eliminates a yeah, breed of a men that you don't, that's pretty good. yeah, you don't want to deal with any guy. Like I would be excited to take someone's virginity. Like I would be like way into that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, if I, was I think with it's a guy sexy. And he's like, I never had sex before. I bet. oh, I'd be mm. like, honey, get ready. Yeah, then you get to be get like, ready for the most mediocre sex you can. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm mm. like, great. That would be sexy. It's like not fun for me, but it would be fun for him, and that yeah. would be fun for me. Yeah, no, totally. But like, here's and also, you're not gonna get laid or start dating someone if you don't put yourself out in the world, like. I can well, tell you that's that what I'm talking from the about. get-go. And I said it to the other girl, and I was like, honey, like it becomes something that is way bigger than yourself, and that's when you enter a danger zone. Yeah. You have to be willing. Don't give it all that power. Yeah, don't give it all that power. And honestly, like rejection happens. And that's just like that's a fact of dating. Yeah. And I think like when I was in my twenties, when I was in my early twenties and in college and high school and stuff, I just didn't I really didn't process as much rejection because I think I was more into just like putting myself out there. And so it was like, whatever, like rejection didn't slow me Would down. Would you get rejected? Yeah. Really? Oh, totally. When? I, um. Well, when I was like 19 or something, I like really liked this guy who was in Oklahoma City and we had like hung out and like made out a few times. And then he was like in an on and off relationship with this girl that he dated like from high school. And then he went back on with her and then like ghosted me. And then I like totally babed out one night after I had like had a bunch of drinks and called him 18 times in a row and then left him a voicemail that was like, you're disrespectful. (laughs) (laughs) But in my twenties, I was more willing to just be crazy about everything, you know. And it, and then I was just like, whatever, fuck 
him. And then like a month later I was dating some guy and like in love with him. So it's like, it just is part of the journey. Everyone gets rejected to some extent. I get knocked down, but But I I get get up up again. again. You're You're never never going to keep me down. down. I get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never going to keep me down. Did James Kennedy (laughs) sing that song? No, he should though. I know. It seems like a James Kennedy song. So just put yourself out there and you also don't have to come out the gates with being like, by the way, I'm a virgin on like a first date. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Honey, it's yeah. fine. You don't owe anyone an Again, explanation of anything this, that you feel uncomfortable It's sort of like when, with CP, how I was growing up with CP, I, I made it into this huge thing that it wasn't like no one truly cared. Like the best thing you can do is go on dates with guys, be flirty and really get to know them. Ask them a lot of mm-hmm. questions and find out what their character is. And have them find eat out- you out. Am I right, ladies? Woo! No. <laughs> find out who they are as a person because you know, like if you use your intuition and you don't just go for like, if you come from a place of like confidence in yourself and like love for yourself then you can easily suss out like what a guy's deal is and you'll know whether or not he's the kind of guy that's going to be like a weird dick about your virginity or if he's like a chill lawler sweetie pie i agree but you just got to put yourself out there you gotta do it yeah okay (laughs) shut the fuck up come on come on Oh, here's a good one. Hi, babes. I'm about to turn 30 and I'm currently detaching myself from a very tumultuous relationship. Think Jackson, Brittany. I'm the Brittany. I was with this person for nine years and he fully funded my life. Now that I'm braving on my own for the first time, I'm finding myself to be one broke babe. Lara, a few episodes back, you mentioned that you had to become scrappy due to your lack of funds. Can you give me any tips and tricks on how to be scrappy while broke? How can I live a Lemaire lifestyle on a Nivea budget? Love and light. P.S. I also recall a few episodes back where a fellow straight female reader revealed she had a romantic dream about Lara. Well, I too have had a very similar dream. I won't go into details, but basically in the dream, I was very sexually attracted to Lara, but she became disinterested in me quickly. Um, should we meet IRL? JK? Well, you're in luck because Lara is a bisexual. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we weren't shading each other for certain things. No, I know. Mm-hmm. I just love to keep the troll alive. You love this troll. Um, um, well, this I is love obviously that. not a question for me, so I'll just see myself out. Uh, yeah, I'm <laughs> I'll like, go make Ryan, my. How does budgeting work? I'll go put some uh, yeah, caviar on some toast and uh, eat it in the background. Um, okay, so what did I do when I was at my scrappiest? Um, I walked everywhere. I, you never left your apartment. I did not leave my apartment. I battened down the hatches so I could make enough money to pay my rent and my very basic bills and have a teeny little bit left over to feed myself. And I used, I don't have a car right now. I took you to dinner. Having having a rich friend helps. Having a rich friend helps. So maybe some of your friends will take you to dinner. That's been a godsend for me. (laughs) But I have a grocery delivery service that I use that I like mistakenly signed up for at the beginning of the year. But then I was like, well, actually, this is like a fine expense because it costs money to sign up for it. But then I was like, then I was like, oh, I need this because like I can't like walk to go get groceries. Like I have so much work to do. I just can't take that time out of my day. And I don't want to like Uber to go get groceries either because it's just expensive. Also, like walking with tons of groceries doesn't make sense. Yeah. So... 
I signed up for Instacart, like with, I guess, some like leftover holiday money that I had. And then that actually turned out to be a really good thing for me because I would eat all my meals at home. And then it instead of going to the grocery store and being like, yeah, I want this. I want that. And then walking out with like a huge bill. I would be very calculated, do the minimum order to get free delivery, which was $35. And then I like, I got to the point where I could eat food for a week from $35. But I also went to the cheapest. I would like order food from like Smart Smart and Final. And it would be like, like on the moments where I was the most broke, like sometimes I'd be eating like peanut butter sandwiches and like good. Yeah, and but there are cheap meals you can make and pasta. Pasta you can make like a big dinner. I would make a lot of soups, and then that would feed me for like a couple days. Um, chili is always a good option, like a veggie chili. chili. It's just about you minimizing. Are, to me, it just seems like you just can't be as social as you want to be. You can't be as social, so it's good to like have a hobby. And for me, it was good that I worked at home, and like my life is my hobby essentially. So it's like. I still saw people a lot because I have people come over to do podcasts and I live next door to Ryan, but I just went dark for a few months. Like, yeah. and that's what had to be done. You're emerging now. I'm emerging now, but really like slowly emerging because my instinct as soon as I have money in my bank account is to go immediately into live, laugh, spend zone. But I'm trying to learn from You've my past good. mistakes. I've been good, but it's like I constantly have to be checking in with myself. Right. And keeping myself grounded, so to speak. But I would say you just got to not leave your apartment. I didn't drink either for a long time. Like, I refused to spend any money on alcohol. So I did not have drinks when I was out. And, like, I would not drink in my apartment. And normally I feel like I would usually, like, have a bottle of wine laying around or, like, get a couple bottles of wine when I do my grocery shop. But I cut that out. And then I just like smoked weed and I watched a lot of TV. Mm-hmm. So if you want recommendations for TV shows, let me know. Cause I watched a lot of prestige TV <laughs> and read books and that, yeah, that was it. I don't know how I did that, but I just did it. And what else did I do to be scrappy? I Airbnb. Oh, you Airbnb your apartment. Oof, that, that was, was hard, a though. troll. Yeah. If you have the ability, I mean, like, thankfully I had friends who would let me stay at their in their guest room but that was like a huge scrappy thing for me that made up a lot of my income in 2017 yeah it's mostly that kind of thing i did it so i wouldn't lose my apartment because i knew i didn't want to move and like because that's expensive that's expensive and also it's like anywhere that i would find would probably be more expensive than the apartment i have now because of la prices so like I was just like, I need to stay here. But you I holding on to this apartment was impressive. During your like, you made no money. Like that was yeah. impressive. Mm-hmm. That it took was... that took real ingenuity and skill. And I'm a big fan of taking to the internet and finding out like what I can get from places. So like back in the day, like I've been doing, I've been in like a cycle of like going totally broke and bouncing back for years, which is a cycle that I'm really trying to break, and why it's important for me to not go. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Right. The live, laugh, spend. It's more like live, laugh, save now. But like even when I was doing white girl problems, I used to like, it was right when Uber started. So like I would tweet out my Uber link oh, I and know. I got like, I got, you got hundreds so of dollars of credits in Uber. And I rode Uber for free for like a year and a half off of tweeting That's out crazy. those links. And then once when I was so broke, it was right when Uber Eats started and I could use my Uber credits for That's Uber true. Eats. So I, I fed myself. There's like some, I would have some joke in there. The fact that like you were so broke yet you, you had created this like this huge platform that like you know what i mean yeah like in that you it's ironic so ironic yeah it's just bizarre. a platform that was like a privileged yeah. spoiled white girl right. and you were using it to like literally eat because mm-hmm. you were so poor you couldn't oh my god yeah it's wild no it was a very it was like a cosmic joke it was a cosmic joke but it was definitely not a white girl problem it was not a white girl problem it was just like a, just a broke a broke, broke girl problem but Yeah, so I've just been good about figuring out how to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. And you just got to get like, I also made, I also made budgets and I would, I started to line item every single expense. And so write out and know exactly how much money all my rent and bills cost each month. And then like go through every other expense and just be like totally aware of the money that's coming in versus the money that's going out and like, really seeing what my spending patterns are because then you know like oh like i realized oh i spend so much money on like food and like postmates or like eating out that has to go and then i would make a list of all the things like that i would not spend money on like it was like manicures pedicures or a no any sort of dining out is a no maybe allow myself one uber eats or postmates a month one or two biggest splurge that you've done since you've gotten a little bit of money um signing up with a swipe garage yeah yeah Yeah. and that's been great but it's like you just have to and you have to be willing to cut certain things out of your life like i got to a point where i couldn't pay for class pass i couldn't pay for exercise classes and i was like they gotta go like my rent and bills are more important than right this which sucks but like and I could, if I wanted to, like, go take to the street and run, but I don't. So I didn't. <laughs> but also, you can watch a lot of YouTube video. Like, there's all sorts of stuff online for working out. Oh, yeah. yeah. I hope that helped. I feel like maybe it didn't. No, but... it did. I think you went into lots of detail. <laughs> Hi, y'all. I need some help, and you've given me some chic advice in the past. My Tinder grinder scruff profiles need some help. I'm not copying any bodies of my current bio or meeting quality people. Below is a text from a few of my profiles. I'm the sweetest bitch you'll ever meet, but don't fuck with me. Looking for the Ronnie to my Sammy sweetheart. Pink heart with star emoji. Dancing man emoji. Mermaid emoji. Alien emoji. Okay. I think it's funny, but I'm not sure if it's universally funny or if people get, will get the Jersey Shore reference. I need to know if this is a babe profile and if it is some suggestions on what to put. I will literally write anything you all suggest. I have nothing to lose at this point. Yeah, it's not the best. No, I, I'm <laughs> Ryan's bone chilled. I'm a little bone chilled. I'm I'm less bone chilled because I love like a joke in a bio. But oh, a, me too. But, but like, a joke that joke is not going to get you far. Also, like calling yourself the sweetest bitch you'll ever meet and that's a jersey shore reference no i know that but like no one wants to think of you as like a sweet bitch 
Like, first of all, I think when someone says, I'm the sweetest bitch you'll ever meet, I still think baseline, you're a bitch. Or you're a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. Like, full on. And also, Sammy's sweetheart was a nightmare. But, babe, that's, like, ironic. Like, I know, he's being but, a lawler about it. Right. But, like... But it doesn't translate. It doesn't translate. See, if I'm confused... See, if I'm confused... I imagine other people are. So you're swiping left on this bio. Yeah. Okay. Totally. So I think like self-deprecating is great, but I don't know. You take this. You're gay. Just be like, I love to lol looking for fellow lollers. XO. What if no one understands that? You're right. People don't even know what lol like lollers mean. Yeah. That my, my Bumble bio is really unclear right now. It's like six foot six foot I almost zero just writing like insert something here that will make me seem desirable yet approachable yet relatable slash <laughs> that'll make you want to date me and fall in love that's it yeah that's good <laughs> kind of funny yeah that's funny yeah i always you need something in the bio because i swipe left on guys yeah. that don't have any bio like, like i need something yeah. Calling out the stress of making the perfect bio is kind of funny. Insert here for the magical prof- like magical words that make you yeah think that I'm approachable yet relatable and great, funny, funny, but not too like humble, but like like successful but humble. Yeah, like did it like like literally impossible. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, it makes you think I work out seven days a week, climb mountains, stay hydrated, <laughs> but like doesn't brag about it. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah are you in love with me and then put that and then be like go scroll down and be like are you in love with me yet <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's good yeah. i like that yeah okay solved there you go dear lara and ryan i adore you both ryan i love hearing you talk when you get excited about things that literally makes me lol as i'm driving to work lara you can do no wrong in my eyes i'm obsessed with sup now babe as well if you ever stop podcasting i'll shrivel up and die happy almost birthday question mark Okay, so I was listening to the recent episode where you and Ryan were talking about ghost stories, but I was at my mom's house alone, so I didn't want to freak myself out then but, but by thinking about it, but here it goes. I grew up in New Jersey, in a part of New Jersey where there are farms everywhere, and it's boring as fuck. It's literally called Plainsboro. Around 17 to 18, my friends and I would drive to, often drive to this one empty parking lot and hang out for hours, smoking cigarettes, eating crap from 7-Eleven. Oftentimes, we would go to this nearby cemetery to play manhunt and smoke weed. What is manhunt? Anyways, these things were almost not almost nightly occurrences. However, one day we decided to go drive through a children's cemetery a little ways away. Ooh. Fucked up, I know. A bunch of us drove through the cemetery. Children have their own cemetery. I didn't know that. Me neither. A bunch of us drove through the cemetery in two or possibly even three different cars. Got out of the cars for a minute, probably smoked a cigarette, and drove off. I was in the car with two of my best guy friends. One was driving, the other one was in the passenger seat, and I was in the back alone. We were talking, listening to music, and my friend in the passenger seat suddenly looked spooked and kept telling me to shut the hell up. He kept telling me there was something in the car, and and it was right next to me. I thought he was just messing with me until I felt two icy cold hands slap me in the back and knock the literal fucking wind out of me. What? For a solid 45 to 60... I'm getting actual full full chills. Oh my god. For a solid 45 to 60 seconds, I was gasping for air and couldn't breathe. I was shivering like crazy even though we were never... Even though we were inside the heated car. I had a proper winter jacket on and we had left the cemetery miles back. Needless to say, I've never done something stupid or disrespectful ever again. I'm literally like, I'm like goosebumps. I'm freaked the fuck out. Well, ghosts are fucking real. Yeah, ghosts are real. Welcome to reality. And yeah, that's what you get for hanging out in cemeteries and smoking cigarettes and to like me, throwing them in there. When I was younger, I loved ghosts and I was all about like tempting the fates. But now I'm just like, no. Like, well, we no, won't. I'm respectful of ghosts and I expect the same respect in return. Yeah, I don't know if it works that way. It does. It's a give and take respect journey. Yeah, you're right. 
It, I am definitely right. <laughs> you should write a new book. How to communicate with goats. Well, goats. yeah. You just, you don't fuck with them. You don't fuck with them. You don't go through cemetery. I mean, I grew up, literally, my mom's house that she's moving out of, the backyard ends and then there's a cemetery. No. So I grew up, yeah. I grew up living with a oh, cemetery weird. just beyond my backyard for my entire life. That's weird. It never freaked me out. It never felt Would bad. You hang out there? No, I'm not going to go hang out in a cemetery. I learned right there. To, I learned to drive in the cemetery hmm. because you could. It was like a chill place to just take a car when you're young. Like my mom took me when I was 13 and like yeah. taught me how to drive. No traffic, but it was not a hangout place for me ever. Wow. And nor would I want it to be. I'm yeah. just. I'm never. I'm never one to like go and try and piss off a dead person or piss off a spirit. No. Like, I'm I don't want that, that in my life. I don't need that drama. No, I definitely don't need that drama. No. Wow, that's fucking that's crazy, scary. though. I want more ghost stories. So, no. readers, yes, I want more. It scares me. Write us your ghost stories. It's we'll scary. read them. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Please. Please. <laughs> Too much for me. Please. Who's this? Oh. Please. That's what my dad does when he gets really irritated. He'll just go, please 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 and just repeat please over and over until you like stop saying or doing I whatever say that. you do please please you got that from me please you got that from butch no i got it from myself my no. brain what a wonderful place to live oh my god dearest lara and ryan long time listener first time caller forever lawler <laughs> mega babe rita ora just put out a new summer anthem with cardi b charlie xcx and bb rexa called girls I saw Rita getting dragged for it on Twitter over some problematic lyrics about a lady loving a la Katy Perry's I Kissed a Girl. I mean, the chorus is literally, sometimes I just want to kiss girls, 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 red wine. Sometimes <laughs> I just want to kiss girls, girls, girls over and over. Cardi's rap is a little more troublesome with lipstick, lesbian, scissoring references. Interested to hear the babes take on this, but really I just want to point out that the song opens with a reference to a Lara. Not sure if you had a fling with Rita Ora, if this is just a sign for you to embrace your bisexual journey but i'm here for either one thanks for making this wonderful podcast and sup keep up the great work asshole talking all i don't know any of these people except for cardi b and obviously we don't worry but i've heard about this but i chose not to engage wait this i don't song? engage i don't engage with a lot of malarkey wait but this song starts have you heard off, it i listened to it and it says her name is lara and then no. it, yes it has lara so in she goes, the song. her name is laura <laughs> no it says lara l-a-r-a who's bb rexa it sounds like anorexia i think that's the point oh i don't know who bb rexa is we came here for the friends this is, <laughs> that the song? I was like ew what is, is that the this? song okay no i love this it's a it's a bop listen how did we don't want to get party b to be honest with you? This is your bisexual honey. My bisexual anthem. Justice for Laura's bisexuality. This song is all over the map. I miss Pink. Where's Pink? Why is she not in the song? It's all about Pink. No, I don't like the song. 
I love just a random red wine. Red like wine. you couldn't think of anything else to say, so you so just, just say red wine. Red wine. I just want to kiss girls. That's Her weird. name was Lara. That's I amazing. I don't like this. But I, do you like that it says Lara in it? No, because I do. No. But I also don't want Lara to become like. Of course, such your a name thing. is mentioned in a bisexual anthem meant to troll me. A, prob- a troublesome, a problematic bisexual yeah. anthem. I love that. I'm into it's it. It's Very on brand. It's very on brand. I feel like I secreted that. I'm sure you did because of your trolls. Having no. Please goals. shut up. <laughs> Ooh, Ryan, <laughs> fucking gross. Ryan just farted in my face. <laughs> I think you could probably hear it. I'm leaving that in. You deserve to be trolled for that. That is unreal. I'm sorry. That is disrespectful. Sorry. He laid back. I'm leaning over to go, and then I, he just ripped ass. Ryan, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. I, I think that that recorded. I think it's gonna be. I thought it's gonna be silent. It, I don't want to talk about it. Let's <laughs> I'm move leaving on. it in. No, that was wild. Wait, what is this? Can we just try? Yeah, I'm reading. A, it. No, I'm reading it. There, no, no, no. I don't want to read it. Okay. Just, yeah, there's a really long one. But there's a long go. one. We're gonna end on this one, but it's yeah. a long final one. So buckle up. Okay. Hi, I'm a rather new listener to the show. I was introduced to Babe by Ryan's appearance on Homophilia, which I know is kind of old now, but I'm just getting through their back catalog. Anyways, y'all are total babes and I'm living for your journeys. I normally don't feel compelled to reach out, but each of your journeys seem to have lots of little similarities to my own. I was inspired to write in after hearing about Gonorrhea Girl's experience with a sugar daddy, as I had a very similar experience recently. I signed up for the ancient website Adam for Adam on a whim. I uploaded a pretty generic shirtless pic and filled out my profile with the bare minimum of personal details. I told myself the intention of signing up was to find my long-term partner and I and I and a third to have some fun with. But after looking at the guys in my area, I kind of knew the chances of that were slim. I think my profile had been live for like two hours. And then I got a message from a daddy who wanted me to contact Mm. him via the phone number he provided. And this begins my sugar baby journey. We texted for a little bit and sure enough, he wanted to be my sugar daddy offering me an allowance and paid trips to visit him. I'm an opportunistic babe. So I figured I should ride this out and see what was really up. Within the first hour of our conversation, he started to ask me about where I banked. Red flag. I told him I used a local credit union, which isn't true, and he just moved the conversation along. He explained to me that he was a tech contractor working with Apple up in Canada at the moment, but lived in Las Vegas, Nevada. He then explained the deal with giving me an allowance, which involved me deleting my profile of A for A and him becoming my only daddy. I agreed, which led to him asking if I had a credit card of any kind, since I used a credit union that he could pay off weekly, AKA my allowance. I told him I had one card with a small balance on it. And he said he would log in and pay off my current balance. If I did a favor for him buying him a us <laughs> iTunes gift card, <laughs> I cautiously agreed like gonorrhea girl thinking I could get him to take care of the balance and I would ghost. And then I would ghost AF. Not sure how babe of a move this was, but what have I got to lose? 
Now I fully realize the iTunes thing was either a money laundering scam or a way he could get money from me, pay off my card, then reverse the payments. So I logged into my credit card account and did something super babe. I removed all my personal details oh. from their websites, including address, full name, bank account info, and changed even changed my email address, which was all surprisingly easy. I changed my password to the account to something generic, and I handed over the login details to my no- new sugar daddy. Sure enough, he logged in, attached a real AF-looking bank account, and issued a payment for the full balance of the card, which was only 800 ish Can you believe? This man was a total babe. But I had to hold up my end of the deal and get this tech daddy his iTunes <laughs> cards about $2,000 worth. Okay, $2,000. If I'm I know. $2,000. Yeah, give me a break. Yeah, give me a break. He was constantly urging me to head to the store to buy him his car. <laughs> That's literally all he talked about. I played with him a bit and pretended to be busy. After two days, the payment fully posted to my account, and I decided I should probably change the login info for my credit card, and then I can safely ghost. I also decided, let's confront this man about these damn iTunes cards. I pressed and asked him what he needed them for, and he told me he was running some promo for a musician on Apple Music, and he needed the cards (laughs) to give out credit to people so they could buy this person's music. I called bullshit, and daddy rage ensued. He questioned whether or not I trusted him, if he was my only daddy, etc. I decided now would be a good time to ghost, and I blocked his number and deleted oh. Google Voice, the app I was using him to text him, which has a separate phone number attached to it. So long, sugar tech daddy. Well, a few days later, the payment on my card was returned, my balance was back, uh. and I was back to square one. Part two. I apologize for the lengthy sugar daddy. No, I'm, I'm, I'm no it's good. We're exposing a scam, yeah. which is don't let a sugar daddy... Yeah, P- like pay love, off like, your credit I love card. Oscillating from like like sexual whatever to being like, can I have iTunes cards? Literally, yeah, I love this that. iTunes sugar daddy. It's like lick my hole slash like get me is a scam. Card. Yeah, so just we're spreading. I awareness. love pivoting to. Ryan talks a lot about finding his tribe, and on Extreme Babe Overs, Lara talks a lot about the desire to find a group of women to befriend, which is something I've been really struggling with. I'm a gay male in my late 20s. I have a career-based job in a field not known for being filled with gays nor young people. My social circle is currently made up of friends I made in early college and my younger brother and his boyfriend. Oh, gay brother. Chic. All my college friends are spread out across the state I live in or in other states working on their post-grad degrees. They're all straight. I don't see my college friends on a regular basis once a month at best. I've never really had any gay friends and now being out of college for a few years, even living back in the area I grew up, I feel like I don't have a strong friend group that's gay or otherwise. My life currently doesn't lend itself to going out and socializing a ton, which is admittedly a huge problem in this. I work 40 miles away from my home and and between commuting and waking (gasps) up at 5 a.m. I don't feel like going and doing much of anything when I get home at 6.30 p.m. every night. Luckily, I'm moving much closer to work in the coming weeks, but I feel like that's only going to solve a part of this. I don't know how on earth to go about meeting people. Like, I've used the app Scruff mainly to try and meet people for something other than hooking up. Kind of a babe move, it feels like. In 2016, I met a guy off Scruff like two years older than me who was in an open relationship but had been living his hermit journey for the last five or so years. He fully didn't leave the house other than to go to work for five years. No. This should have been a huge red flag, but we got along super well and shared a ton of interests. We spent a lot of time together in a strictly platonic way, which included never being <laughs> invited to his apartment. For months, it seemed like we were becoming good friends, not friends with benefits. Eventually, I ran into his boyfriend's boyfriend, who I knew <laughs> through some of my college Weird. friends, and he made a comment about how funny it was that we were both dating the same couple. I was caught off guard and immediately confronted the guy 
I was becoming friends with and asked him for an explanation. He flat out lied to me and said he had no idea what his BF's BF was talking about. (laughs) Within a week of this incident, he ghosted me. I was kind of shocked and confused. I tried to communicate what I was confused about to him, but he refused to talk to me in any capacity. Flash forward a year later, and I meet another guy on Scruff that was about my age that I seemed to have a decent platonic connection with. This guy was in a monogamous relationship, which was fine by me. He and I spent a bit of time hanging out and getting to know each other, but quickly I started to realize I was on a different journey than him, and being friends with him was going to be challenging in a way that didn't support my journey. I live in Colorado, and marijuana is everywhere. I'm fine with it. I indulge myself every once in a while, but this guy was like a full-blown junkie when it came to weed. I couldn't be around it all the time, and I felt like it was okay to back off from our friendship. So that leads me to today. I realize how futile it is to try and make friends using the gay apps. I also realize how difficult it can be to make friends, period. I know I need to get myself out there more than I currently do, which will hopefully change after I move closer to work, but where does one go to make friends? Bars really don't seem like the right place, gay or otherwise. Do I just join a group on meetups.com and force myself into some social situations and see what happens? My hobbies tend to lean towards solitary experiences. Shocking, I know. I feel like I've been removed from socializing in a way that's isolated me to the point that I've given myself some unnecessary anxiety about meeting new people when it's not work-related. Even work-related events give me some anxiety, partially because I don't think I can be open since the industry I work in is dominated by straight Oh, no. I probably need to get back into therapy to help with some of this, too. I'd love to hear about Ryan's journey to finding his tribe, which possibly exists in some older episodes of the podcast. I'm working through your back catalog, I promise. Thank you for making Babe. It's really fantastic and makes me feel like I'm not the only person out in the world living my weird journey alone. Oh, Jay, a little baby gay in Colorado. Baby gay. Oh. Um, okay, baby gay. Little this is real. I, this is know, real. It's hard to make friends. Make friends. Past a certain age. Yeah, past yeah. a certain age it becomes well, those circumstances like if you don't have like if you live in a small town or whatever. Uh-huh. Um I met I don't really have a huge group of gay friends. I mean to me, uh our friend Kyle Buchanan introduced me to some people. Yeah, I he was him. kind of your entree into Yeah. Yeah, the gay world of Los Angeles. Totally. And I mean, I used to go to his gay poker nights and I never became close to anyone really um, at those particularly. But through him, I kind of met other people and went to Akbar a lot. And so it kind of, uh, yeah, it kind of just came from there. I feel like sometimes it only takes like one person to introduce you to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You um, need a connector, definitely. But then... You also just kind of need to force yourself out on the scene a little bit. Like, I would say even if you gave one night a week and you're like, okay, one night every week, I'm going to make myself go out and like be out and about. Did he say he had a boyfriend? I'm confused because he said he was like, when I joined the Sugar Daddy app, I was wondering if I would just was looking for a third for me and my boyfriend to have fun with. Do you remember that? Did I read that wrong? No, he said third. It was like... One third of him was looking for that. Oh, okay, okay. Pay attention, damn I'm sorry. It. Ryan's lost. I know. I mean, he must be cute enough to, like, post a shirtless pic. He's very... I think, yeah, you just have to be... You have to commit to one night out a week and not, like, a night out where you just get wasted. Like, a right. night out where you're, like, trying to talk to people and just, like, making friends and, like, maybe get 
recruit some of your straights to go out with you. Yeah, totally. I like mean, you can get like if you have girlfriends, they'll go to the gay bar with you. Absolutely. I would feel no guilt about making them do that. Yeah, definitely make them do that. I mean, think about all the straight things you've been dragged to your entire life. The straight things that I've been dragged to? No, for him. Yeah, true. And what else? I don't know, man. I, I actually really don't know. I don't know. Doesn't Bumble now have just like a friend's Bumble? I Maybe. think it does. Yeah. Where you can like meet people platonically. Yeah. Or business wise. Mm-hmm. I bet there, I'll bet you there's like some closeted men where you work. There always is. There always is. So make friends with a closeted man, then threaten to out him if he doesn't <laughs> become your best friend. <laughs> At work. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Make a closeted, like, seemingly I love straight male. white man yeah. sweat. I love a black male scenario into friendship. Yeah. That always find, ends well. Yeah. Black male and older, an older closeted gay that you work Also, with. move to, like, a more metropolitan area. I don't know if he lives in Denver or Boulder or something like that, but um, he should live in, like, a place where there's stuff to do. Oof, Boulder. I'm like, good luck with your projects finding one gay person there. Really? It's the whitest, most heterosexual city I've ever that. been to. I hate it. Like, it's, it's beautiful there, but I'm also like, no, this is weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> We're really chock full of good advice today. <laughs> I know. We really like lost steam. I know. I know. I'm feeling ashamed. I know. Me too. I'm feeling like I let people down. I'm really sorry. I'm sorry. You should be. I'm sorry. Once you start to lose it, then I start to lose it, then it's all downhill. Well, my mom's here. She's waiting in my apartment. All right. Well, we got to go. My mom can get on here and give advice. We got to go. We asked her. You asked her. She won't come on. She won't do it. She won't do it. She said no. She said a firm no. I like it. Setting boundaries. Me too. Okay. Well, better late than never. (laughs) Hope you liked this reader mail episode. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. It'll come together in the edit. Um, and yeah, if you have a burning question, you need some babe guidance, write us babepodcast at gmail.com. Um, we're here for you. We may not always have the best advice, but we're here for you. But we care. We do care. And you can check out our website, buy our pre order some merch at babepodcast.com. Yes. And you can follow us on Instagram at babepodcast. Yes. And we'll see you next week. For our regularly scheduled programming. All right, guys. Smooch. Love and light. Bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM 
for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.